Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. 15 years ago, I was at uh, a church. I'm not going to... Oh, yeah, we're not live. I was at Hillsong. And uh, we're at a massive youth retreat. And I thought I would get involved in one of their massive tribal wars. Now... I was shorter than I was before and skinnier as well. Yes, it's hard to believe, but I was. Now it's all pure abs and muscles. But back then it was all skin and bones. And, um, and I thought I'd get involved. And I thought I can take these guys on. They're only, you know, 10 feet islanders. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Right? And they're like, they're all Christians. So there's nothing that can happen, right? Wrong. And, um, and, and, and I got involved, and it was chaos. Like, I'm like, oh, you guys are not saved. And um, I was thrown against the room like a rag doll. See, I don't exaggerate. This is exactly what happened. He picked me up with his finger and threw me across the room. And uh, I landed against the wall. And what happened? Okay, that didn't happen. But I was thrown against the room. And uh, I slipped two of my lower discs. <gasps> Everyone go, ooh. That's not good if you've ever done that. Who's ever, heard, who's ever had back injuries? Yeah, my mom's like, me, I know all the time. It's because it's you move furniture all the time when you're like five. Anyway, um, and I couldn't walk, and I went to physio. Uh, I did all this stuff. Actually, I had a drive with pillows all around. Do you remember this? You remember this, mom? Yeah, I had pillows. When I drive, I had cushion here, cushion here, cushion here, cushion here, cushion here, strapped, because every time I accelerated, it absolutely hurt. Like, excruciating pain. I worked in retail. I remember limping in, and my manager's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, are you going to pay me to stay home? Or, like, she's like, no, you have to. So I'm limping, I'm limping, and this guy's, it goes on for a while. And then we went, for, we went to an album recording. Hillsum was doing an album recording. And, and um, I walked in. I, like, limped in. And they were praying. I don't remember what it was. No one touched me. I just remember, people are going to be healed. If you want healing, put your hand in the air. I was like, heck yeah. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And then in a moment, in a moment, there's this heat started on my back. And all of a sudden, I can't explain to you what happened, but a miracle. The pain not only just went, but I went, oh my goodness. I started running and I was like, it's absolutely healed. My brother was like, what happened? Like you were walking, you limped in and now you're running. Couldn't believe it. Went to the physios. They're like, there's nothing wrong with your back. The doctor's like, I can't see anything. It's just absolutely gone. God is a miracle working God and it's amazing. And you know what I love? I love telling that story to people who don't believe in God and get proved Show me that there are miracles. I share my story. And I'm like, okay, I'm either lying to you for no reason at all, or God is real. Amen. We all have a story. And if you don't have one this morning, I can encourage you that you can have a story too. So we all want these stories. And I believe that these stories take place when we meet Jesus by the well. We have a life-changing experience with Jesus. And we're about to encounter one of those moments in the Bible where a woman who broadcasts this story to her whole town that something amazing just happened. It sounds too good to be true, and people have engaged and switched on. You know, every time I tell that story, I have everyone's undivided attention, just like I had in this room. It's like, wow. 
And I believe God wants to use our stories to impact the world out there to show them who God is. But it only happens when we meet with Jesus by the wells. So let's turn to John 4, 1, 9, and we'll read here. And it says, Soon the news traveled, the news reached the Jewish leaders, religious leaders known as the Pharisees, that Jesus was drawing greater crowds, sorry, crowds of followers coming to be baptized than John. Although Jesus didn't baptize, he had his disciples to do that. Jesus heard what was being said. He abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee. He had to pass through Samaritan territory. Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph long ago. Now weary by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well, and he sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already the afternoon. And soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said, give me a drink of water. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Pause. And we find ourselves in a very interesting story that's developing. Give you some context of why this is interesting, because it sounds normal. You're going out the fountain over there. Vesna's, I'm sitting there, and Vesna's there. I'm like, hey, Vez, can I have a drink? She wouldn't be like, why would you ask me for a drink? What's going on? So we understand this. Jesus, Jew. He's a rabbi. They've known him as a teacher. He's tired. So he's at the well. It's about lunchtime, the hottest part of the day. And he was genuinely thirsty and hungry. And what happens is he talks to a Samaritan woman, but he has the audacity to ask for water by the well. Say, by the well. Now, why is this a, a big thing? Why does the author mention all this? See, he wants people to know that Jesus is willing to reach anyone and everyone despite what people will think of him. He crossed the line where a line shouldn't be crossed. My kids have just got a new table and it's got a line in the middle. And um, Judah, my amazing boy, he's always wanted to touch and hold Lydia's hand. And Lydia's like, there's a line in there. You can't cross the line. I'm telling dad. And like they're having this argument last night. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Lydia, sometimes for love, the line needs to be crossed. Judah, cross that line. And you know what line? The love, love does radical things sometimes and needs to cross the line so people can be reached. And that's what Jesus is doing here this morning. Love does radical things in the pursuit of the one. If you feel far away from God this morning, love does radical things to find you. He will break all cultural barriers to find you. He doesn't care who you are, what people say about you. He loves you that much. See, you need to understand that Jews and Samaritans hated each other. They were the outcasts. Actually, there would be, the scholars tell us that there would be bloodshed sometimes, and the Romans would have to get involved. Also, you've got to understand this. Jesus broke various conventions of culture here. The theologians tell us from other ancient sources that sometimes asking a woman for water could be interpreted as flirting. Ooh, especially if that woman was alone. And she was alone. And so women normally didn't travel alone. The fact that she was alone means there's something interesting about the water, about this woman. And do you know something about wells? I didn't know this until I researched this. But uh, this is Jacob's well. So they would have known the history of wells. Did you know that Isaac, Jacob, and Moses met their wives at the well, at a well? So it's almost like this woman's like, how dare you ask me for water? Are you hitting on me? Can I just say, that was not his intention. Water doesn't mean marriage. Hashtag coffee doesn't mean marriage, people. Come on. Part two at 11 o'clock. He's willing to break all these barriers. He was after her heart. Now, 
This is important because what happens from this conversation is the breakthrough needed for a whole city. The salvation of an entire city was hanging on this one encounter. Can I say maybe boldly that the salvation of those in your lives is hanging on your next encounter with Jesus? Can I say the trajectory of your life is determined by your encounters with Jesus? It's not about knowing Him, it's encountering Him. Come on. So, I want to look at three things that happens in the book of John right here that brings about not only a revival in her life, but salvation to those who need Jesus. So you ready? This implies to you, if we add these principles in place, we will start seeing more fruit, more Christ in us, and we will start being the light that Christ... Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Point number one. We need to make sure... Point number one, what do we get from this? God encounters bring eternal revival. God encounters bring eternal revival. So this woman represents the lowest of lows in this story. She's a female in a society where women are both degraded and disregarded, a race traditionally despised by Jews, and now a woman living in shame as a social outcast. And we see the true nature of Jesus as the gospel is out play as it encounters this person. Let's read John 4, 10. Let's continue. Jesus replied, If you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink, and I would give you living water. And the woman replied, But sir, you don't even have a bucket, and this well is very deep. So where would you find this living water? Do you really think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who dug up this well and drank for it himself, along with his children and livestock? She was like, how dare you, Jesus? Do you even know what's going on? And Jesus goes, if you drink from this well, you'll be thirsty again. And again. But anyone, say anyone, anyone. drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. And this woman replied, let me drink that water so I will never be thirsty again, and then I don't have to come back here again. She had a holy moment encounter that brought revival in her heart, and it overflowed in other areas of her, her life. And you see, these encounters, this encounter right here is waiting for you by the world. It's waiting for you and I to engage with Jesus. But so often we let these moments pass right by us. And we never engage. And we never have our encounter. See, she went to get water. She was expecting to leave with water. But she was met with a counteroffer. When Jesus meets us at our well, and I'm going to talk about what our wells are in a moment, we expect to walk away with certain something, but Jesus has a better counter offer to give us. This is one thing we need to do. When you come to Jesus with one thing, we walk away with something better. He always, He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all we can ever ask, think, or even imagine. That is the God we serve, but we miss out because we don't press in and encounter Jesus. So what do we do? He's patient. You know what he does? 
You ask Jesus for something. Have you ever done this? God, I'm going through this. I'm offended with this person. He hurted me. He hurt me. And this is what happened. This is what happened. And then Jesus reveals something in us that we didn't even know we needed revealing. And we're like, I didn't know that. Where did that come from? I wanted, she's like, I wanted a drink. Why are you talking to me about my husband's all of a sudden? We're going, Jesus, I want you to, this person hurt me. Deal with that person. And Jesus goes, what's in your heart? Why are you offended? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about me. And Jesus is like, it is about you but he waits at the right time because he's so good and what does he do he tells her i'm living water then he continues you must be a prophet so tell me this no sorry i went ahead he goes let me drink this water and jesus says go get your husband and bring him back here and she says i'm not i'm not married that's true for you have been married five times and now you're living with a man who's not even your husband you have told the truth. And then they go into a discussion about, about um, worship. And he says, she goes, you must be a prophet. So tell me, you know, why do we worship here? And Jesus talks about how one day we're going to worship in spirit and in truth. And she goes, I'm so confused by this. What's going on? I need to see the Messiah. Like the Messiah is coming. Jesus says, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here. He's speaking to you. I am the one you are looking for. See, Jesus draws a comparison with this hot, stale water in this well to her need for men. Her well was the the promiscuous life she was living in. This is the well that she was going after. And Jesus is saying, stop drinking the Kool-Aid that the world is offering you. You don't need men to satisfy you. I am living life. I satisfy you. And the offer's been made, living water for stale, lifeless water that we're drinking off. A choice needs to be made. A choice needs to be made about you. What is your well? What's the Kool-Aid you're drinking? Where are we turning to to get our next fix, to get our refreshment, to get our sustenance? Jesus is like, I've got living water, but you need to get let go of the well. You need to drink from me. You can't drink from both. Amen? What are we drinking out of? What is it? What is your well? What is your well? Anything that you've tried to satisfy your life with apart from Jesus is your well. And it doesn't, don't go after just sin. I'm not just talking about sin because that's a big, big part of it. It could be anything. It could be your family. Maybe it could be your holidays. Maybe you're, 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 you're like, I, if I just can have a hold of this, then it will make me feel better. I still love Jesus, but you're not my number one. The holiday is that I'm about to go on. You know what it was for me? This is going to sound really lame and really silly. But on Mondays, on my day off, what I, all I wanted to do was relax. <laughs> I put on Frank Sinatra because <laughs> I love Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I put it in his playlist. I felt that would sustain me. It quenched my thirst for the moment, but I always felt empty. He is the only one that can sustain you. He's the only one that can fill your thirst, that you'll never thirst again. What are you going to that's only quenching your thirst for the moment? Maybe you feel meh. Maybe you feel flat. Maybe you don't have this. There's nothing in you that's going, oh, I'm just feeling a bit weary. He will fill you. He will overflow in you. Go to Him this morning. Whatever it is, go to Him. Have this encounter like the woman at the wells. Don't stop drinking the river from Jesus. In John 15, it says this, I am the true vine. 
And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me. Everybody say, remain. Remain in me, and so I will remain in you. If you don't remain, you're going to be thrown out um, like a branch that's thrown out and withers. It's not just about being labeled a Christian. It's not about the encounter you had in 2010. It's not about the encounter you had in 2015. It's not the encounter you had in 2020 at the beginning of the year. It's the encounters we're having now here today. That's the only way it's going to sustain you. I promise you this. I promise you this. It's not just about knowing Jesus. It's about knowing, like just, <sighs> this makes sense. When was your last encounter? And if you haven't had one in a while, that's okay. You can always come back to Jesus. You know, distractions may hinder your walk. Things of this world would try and grab your attention. But once your heart is committed to him, after you walk away, you have this little excursions away from Jesus, and you come back. Has anyone ever had an excursion from Jesus? And you're like, oh, I've got to come back, I've got to come back. Those excursions get less and less and less. Your attention will be drawn back to his beautiful heart. Number two, once we have holy encounters, we should echo God's glory to the world. You and I have an assignment from heaven. And that's to echo God's glory everywhere we go. It's to be a people that bring fame to His name all across the world. Let's look at John 4, 16. What happens? No, no, over here. So we're at 26. You don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one speaking with you. And at that moment, the disciples returned and were stunned to see Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman. Remember why? Because they would have gone... What the heck is Jesus doing? Is he trying to pick up a girl? What's going on here? Like, you know, they're freaked out. They didn't say anything. But at once, say at once, the woman dropped her water jar, ran off to the village and told everyone. She said, come meet a man who at the well who told me everything. Come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the anointed one we've been waiting for. And it says, hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to see Jesus. It almost, it almost reminds me of 4.18, Matthew 4.18, where Jesus walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, and Andrew, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. And they were casting the net. And he says, come, follow me. And immediately they dropped their nets. She said, it says, immediately she dropped her watering, bath, her watering container. We need to have an at once attitude and immediately moment when Jesus encounters us. Whatever it is, if there's an, an encountering moment, what are you doing in the moment? Immediately I've got to make a decision. Immediately I've got to turn away from my old ways. Immediately, don't wait until another week you get saved. You get impacted. God does something. Immediately do something different than you were doing before. Don't wait a week. Immediately. You got to understand, this woman, there's a reason why she's getting water on the hottest part of the day. It's 40-something degrees. It's Blacktown, and it's stinking hot. Why didn't you tell me that before I moved to Blacktown, man? I was in Maryland's where it was just the same, actually. And um, she's getting water on the hottest part of the day, and she's all alone. She was despised by the women around her, 
She would have been the lowest of lows, yet she had the boldness to share what happened. Her holy encounter led to a a revived heart, and people noticed her. She, something different about her that people noticed. You might be thinking, who would listen to me? You don't know my past. You don't know who I am. In the workplace, I was the clown. Now I'm talking about me. I'm still the clown. And, and, and so, like, like, when I speak, people are like, you're just always joking. But there was a shift that took place once, and, and, and I was talking. And people were like, whoa, 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 whoa. What the heck happened to you? And I was like, I just, I just met Jesus. And I have to tell you about what just happened. People listen and notice when you're transformed by Jesus. You know what? Her name is tarnished. Her name was dragged through the mud. But she isn't telling people about her name. She's telling people about the name above every name, Jesus. She didn't say, look at me. Look what I can do now. Look what just happened. She goes, no, look. Come see a man. Come see a man. Could he be the Messiah? She had a come and see moment. And for a lot of us, we haven't had a come and see moment for a while. When was the last time we went back to our workplaces and said, come and see? what happened to me something happened she was unreliable untrustworthy and unloved but for some reason they believed her it says here in 39 many say many of the Samaritans believed in Jesus because of the word she spoke well hang on a minute The outcast, the unloved, the rejected one, all of a sudden has an encounter with Jesus, so much so that something shifted in that hour spent with Jesus. She goes back into her everyday life, which is despised, and all of a sudden people believe in Jesus because of her testimony? What does it say about the power and nature of Jesus for your life where you go back? He's that good that you have a moment with him, people will believe because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. It says here, Matthew 5, you, you are the light of the world. You are a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. It goes, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they let it shine for all to see. In the same way, let your light shine for all to see. You know, the word light, is the ex- it's, it's not your light, Sally. It's, it, it's not your light, uh, Liz. Liz and Lib. <laughs> it's not your light. It's his light. It's the same word that's given in John 12, where Jesus said, I am the light. That light is the same light you carry. And it is to manifest, it's to shine, and it's to reflect the one and only Savior. So that light brings salvation to all. When you encounter Jesus, you are going to want to tell people about Jesus. I have a whole bunch of scriptures, and I'm going to put them out in the notes. But think about this. After the greatest sermon ever preached by Jesus in Matthew 8, he meets a leper. He heals him, and he goes, he says, Don't tell anyone, but go show yourself. You're healed with leprosy. What's the first thing you do? Tell someone, right? Like you, but he says not to. Another time, Jesus heals uh, the two blind men, and then he says, "See that no one knows about this, 
what, what they, did they do? I don't care what you say, Jesus. They spread. They went out and spread the news about him all over that region. Once you encounter Jesus, when you taste and see, if you haven't had a come and see moment, you need to have a taste and see experience. If you haven't had a come and see, you need to have a taste and see that the Lord is good. You need to lay down what you were carrying. Put down the water bucket. Open your hands and go, God, I want to taste. I want to eat every single day that you are good. And your life will start to be a vessel for those to see. That, that will start seeing Christ in you. It only happens when you encounter Jesus every day. Do you, do you believe what I'm saying here? People will know that He is God by your life. Number three, what happens? A holy encounter that echoes God's goodness will result in an eternal harvest. How does this story end? In John 4.31, it says this, Then disciples began to insist that Jesus eat some food. I know someone like that. Teacher, you must eat something. And he says, don't worry about me. I've eaten a meal you don't know about. And puzzled by this, they're like, what the heck? Did someone give you food? It says, my food is to be doing the will of him who sent me and bring it to completion. And then the crowds emerged from the village. Remember, the Samaritans, the ones who were hated by the Jews, the ones that the Jews despised, they run out. And Jesus said, look over there. You see them? That's the harvest. They're ready to be harvested. They're ready for salvation. The disciples must have flipped out. I, them, they're the enemy. They kill us. They don't love us. Why would I disciple them? Because God is the Lord of the harvest. He's the Lord of unsaved people. He's the Lord of the prostitutes. He's the Lord of the sinners. Everyone like that, He loves them. And He's saying, church, the harvest is ready. Go out and disciple. Make disciples of those people because they're my people too. So the gospel is not just for the church. Christ is coming back for the church, but to save the world through the church. And because I have a mic and I have a couple of minutes left, I need to say this. Can I say, there are people saying that the, world, that the church is changing, that God is doing a new thing, that church all of a sudden is irrelevant. Can I just say something? The Bible tells me the absolute opposite. The Bible says that Jesus is building the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yes, God's doing a new thing, but He's using the church. It is the vehicle that He's used for all of 2,000 years and He's continuing to use you and I to reach a world. The church is relevant, and so are the us outside the four walls. We need both. We need the church to come in together to worship, to encounter Jesus. But then you need to go out those doors and then go and, 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 and win the lost. Go sow the seed. A dying world needs a Savior. You don't need to be an evangelist. You don't need to, you don't need to be a preacher. You don't... You don't need to be cool, because I wasn't cool my whole life. I'm still not cool. I'm just winging this thing. It's working. All you need is a story, his story, and it happens by the well. He meets you where you're at. He meets you drinking the stale water that you've been drinking, the Kool-Aid that you've been drinking, the stuff that we've been doing in the past, even as Christians. He meets you at your well. He sits by the well. And he hangs out with us. I want to encounter you. But too often, we don't press in. She pressed in. At your well, 
Will you press in to Jesus for that radical encounter? We don't need lukewarm believers. I put my hand up there. I've been there. We, he spits us out. That water is lukewarm, stale, hot. You can't drink that. He's after on fire believers. But you can't be on fire unless you've been in the fire. And he is the fire. Isn't it crazy that the God of the universe could click his fingers and make everything better, reach every single person? But he goes, no, 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 no. I made you. I've empowered you. I want you. Now go. And we turn around and we go, what do I say to people? You ever thought that, Liz? <laughs> All the time. What do I say to people? I, you tell them a story, what Jesus has done in your life. And if you don't have a recent story, go to the well, meet with Jesus, encounter Him like a fresh, like where your kids, like my kids, know the worship songs better than me because apparently I play them too often. It's like, wow, I have no idea the lives I'm impacting because of my love for Jesus. You have no idea the lives you're impacting because of your love for Christ and what He does in your life. Can I pray for you? Why don't we stand? As I wrap up, I want to tell you a story. Close your eyes. It's not a, I think it's a good story. There's this song. It says, it's called Nobody But Jesus. And it's our household's favorite song. And it goes, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody that saved my soul. And ever since you rescued me, do you know the lines in the next part? You gave my heart a song to sing. I'm waiting on the world to see nobody but Jesus. It's not about you. It's about Him. It's His story. It's history. His story. Not our story. This is a this, this guy in our church. He says, I'm, 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 not, I'm shy. I can't tell anybody about Jesus. I'm this. No one will listen to me. I'm just an awkward person. I said, no, you're not. You're incredible. Encourage you, encourage you. Well, this person decided to tell his friend about Jesus. So much so that this friend came to Firm Foundation for like the whole thing and prayer meeting. To the point where now he's coming to Connect Group. And he's not an evangelist. He just has a story about Jesus. Father, I thank you that you meet us by the well. I pray right now that we will lay aside the watering bucket for our wells and we just take you for ourselves. With anyone who wants to receive this, with their hands open, I just ask, Father, that you would just come, Holy Spirit, like a rushing wind right now having a moment of encounter. If that's you, and you don't have a come and see story, then I invite you to have a come and taste experience. Right now, Holy Spirit. this place right now with every just keep receiving I just want to I'm just going to pray 
for those who haven't tasted before. You're like the Samaritan woman. Could he be the Messiah Sal's talking about? Does he really love me? Yeah, he loves you. So much so that he was willing to come down on earth as a baby. So he could be, he could live a perfect sinless life to die on the cross, take your place. We're all sinners. We've all stuffed up and we all deserve hell. Truth. And even greater truth is that Jesus took that for you on that cross. You're not going to hell anymore when you place your faith and trust and accept this free gift of Jesus. So I'm praying for whoever in this room does not know Jesus. Whoever has not met him at the well, he's here now sitting. And he's saying, I have water for you. I have life. If you need that life with every eye closed, I want you to be bold enough to put your hand right up in the air and say, Jesus, I need you. People are putting hands up right now. Thank you. I'm going to pray. I want you to repeat this prayer. Jesus, you died for me, and I choose you. Come alive in me. Show me your ways. I believe in what you did. And I place my life in your hands. Today, I am a Christian. I will follow you for the rest of my life. I say no to the sin. And I say yes to you. listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.